This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. USDA estimates corn ending stocks at 1.47 billion bushels at the end of the 2023 marketing year. That is up from the June estimate of 1.4 billion bushels. Soybean ending stocks estimated at 230 million bushels, down from the June estimate of 280 million. Wheat ending stocks estimated at 639 million bushels, up from the June estimate of 627 million. Saw risk-off trade pretty much all week long. Brugler Marketing and Management President Alan Brugler thinks traders were taking weather premium out of the market. The problem is the weather forecast got a little uh, cooler and wetter uh, on the GFS model than, than what we had been looking at earlier in the week. And that uh, after we got the report out of the way, we just basically sold off. There's definitely a get-me-out aspect to this thing right now. I've been talking to folks in the country and saying that essentially we're fighting gravity here. And Brugler says the market fundamentals are pushing this market a little lower. Grain market action was two-sided at times as traders appear reluctant to take a position. Agrisampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says traders do have concerns about the economy. Well, I think, one, we, we're having this ongoing investor exit of the commodity trade. They are they're fearful of the Fed taking overly aggressive action, and that is taking that money out of the commodity market. So you're seeing things like crude oil and uh, the diesel fuel, all that getting beat up. Gold is getting hammered today because of the stronger dollar. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camps says the sell-off of these grains is more than just reaction to weather forecasts. It is in part weather, but it's. Uh, I think we're wait and see uh, at the moment for weather because of these uh, showers promised in part uh, today and uh, again on Sunday. We'll we'll see and assess as always after the weekend who got what and who missed what, and then what the forecast brings. It looks like you know we're again back and forth on maybe the immediate being a little bit more friendly for crops, uh, but then knowing that if we get into the other half of this month now and it turns hot and dry, we've got some stress at a key time for a lot of these growers that are right on the edge. Progressive Ag Marketing Market Analyst Tom Lil just says several headwinds are impacting these grains heading into the weekend. Yeah, there was a 130,000 metric ton sale of corn to China this morning, and that got everything off to a pretty good start. Exports actually yesterday were really good on wheat, uh, over a million metric ton weekly sales totals. So overall, uh, the unfortunate thing is that the U.S. dollar is reaching 109, put a new high in yesterday over 109. So that's just giving a little bit of uh, headwinds to the market in terms of our potential export capacity. Uh, they did also increase the chances for the eastern Corn Belt to get some rains here in the short-term one- to five-day forecast. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says traders are also taking risk premium out of the market this week. For the week, you know, it was definitely one that was uh, uh, taking some of the risk premium out due to the recessionary factors. We had, uh, at times, we had the energy markets, uh, not on Friday, but during the week that really came under a lot of pressure. That took a lot of risk premium out of the market and, uh, you know, continued uh, the wheat's the big leader to the downside, really pressing the market. USDA increased its estimate for sugar imports for the 22-23 marketing year. 
A supply-demand report forecast sugar imports at 3.5 million short tons in the new marketing year. That's up from 3 million short tons in the June report. Higher imports were forecast despite an increase in domestic sugar production. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. You never quite know when that next storm is going to strike. And all it takes is for a little hail to ruin a perfect crop. But you can protect yourself with a hail insurance policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services. The insurance professionals at Egg Country can help customize a policy that will fit your farming operation. Protect your revenue today by contacting your local Egg Country office. Egg Country, experts in every field. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy, and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com. You'll find news, podcasts, weather, and more. This Week in Farm News, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. After the whirlwind of everlasting winter and then drought, the first phase of emergency relief protection funds is being distributed. NDSU Farm Management Specialist Ron Haugen says the program is to help producers come back from a natural disaster. There's around $6 billion for this program, and it's for losses that occurred in 2020 and 2021, um, and it's off to offset weather events. With two-thirds of the funds already out, the deadline to apply for ERP is July 22nd. They just use existing uh, federal crop insurance information and NAP, the Non-Insured Crop Disaster Assistance Program, because they have all that information, they can download it from the RMA. The idea was to benefit around 20, 220,000 producers and about 4,000 producers that had uh, NAP insurance for the past couple years of crop losses. Following up on an announcement that was made in May, USDA is expanding options for double cropping. The Risk Management Agency is increasing the number of counties eligible for crop insurance when raising two crops on the same land in one year. More than 1,500 counties are now eligible, and RMA is also being more flexible in areas where this policy is automatically offered. South Dakota Congressman Dusty Johnson has introduced a bill that would blacklist China, Russia, and other countries from buying U.S. agriculture companies. It also calls on USDA to determine the risks associated with foreign ownership of U.S. agriculture companies. In a news release, Johnson cites the Fufang Corn Processing Project in Grand Forks and its location near the Grand Forks Air Force Base. Johnson says China's efforts are a threat to U.S. security. USDA has lowered its forecast for Ukrainian wheat production. The crop is estimated at 19.5 million tons. That's 13 million tons below last year and down 2 million tons from last month's estimate. USDA chief economist Seth Meyer says satellite images were used to come up with that number. You can see progress in areas where the conflict is not occurring, but you can see areas kind of in the border regions between the occupied zone and the Ukrainian held zone, and you can see damage to the crops, you can see fields that have been burnt, you can see action not taking place simply because it's not safe for those producers to do it. 
And North Dakota Senator John Hoven is urging the Surface Transportation Board to address the ongoing rail service problems. In a meeting with STB Vice President Robert Primus, Hoven said rail shipments need to be moving on a current basis before the fall harvest season. Class 1 railroads have blamed labor shortages for the backlog in rail movement. The House Agriculture Committee has scheduled a Farm Bill listening session in Minnesota. This hearing will take place on July 25th at Northfield. Subcommittee Chair Sherry Bustos of Illinois will chair the hearing and Minnesota Representative Angie Craig will host the event. This is part of a series of field hearings reviewing the current farm program and looking ahead to 2023. And the U.S. is entering the fourth year of declining cow herd numbers. Since the mid-1970s, there's been several instances of beef cow inventory numbers declining after reaching peak inventory. University of Missouri Extension Scott Brown says high prices after lower cattle inventory isn't anything new. Yeah, so this is not unusual. You know, we can look back at, at previous, previous cattle cycles and, and see similar um, periods of, of loss of of cow inventory. Uh, it, it tends to be the kind of longer term cattle cycle that we've talked about for a long time. Uh, I will say I think it looks different today uh, than, than maybe it did in the past, but, but still in some ways, um, you know, w when we see this lack of profitability, we eventually have folks who choose to get out of the business, and it takes a while before uh, we'll see inventory start to build again. That's a look at this week in farm news. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. The annual Northwest Research and Outreach Center Crops and Soils Day is Wednesday, July 20th in Crookston. The registration begins at 7.30, tours start at 8. Speakers will highlight disease management in small grains, variety research, weed management, and drainage. The afternoon sugar beet tour includes the latest research on disease management and cover crops. Crops and Soils Day will be held at the Maintenance Farm Operations Building south of County Highway 71 on the Northwest Research and Outreach Center campus. That's the Crops and Soils Day Wednesday, July 20th in Crookston. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. President Joe Biden has granted North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum's request for a presidential major disaster declaration from severe spring storms and flooding that caused more than $57 million in damage across the state. The declaration covers all 40 of the requested counties and additional designations may be made later if warranted. The presidential disaster designation unlocks FEMA public assistance to help local governments, agencies, and communities recover from extensive infrastructure damage and makes resources available to help mitigate future flood damage. Applications for the Minnesota Drought Relief Program closed last week. Minnesota Ag Commissioner Tom Peterson said they had nearly 3,000 farmers and ranchers apply. And so we're going to be just shy of 3,000. We're just looking at a few to see like if they met the uh, application, a couple windows or not, but just shy of 3,000. The average is uh, somewhere around 6,500 uh, in the request. And again, uh, people could request up to 7,500. 
the issue is we had about $8.1 million. So right now we're going through an approving request and things like that. That's going to take a couple of weeks, but that's the number that we have right now. We're hoping uh, by the end of the month that we'll be able to start uh, getting payments out the door. Um, our goal has always been to get it out as soon as possible. Peterson says the application process saw more demand for relief for the livestock sector. I'd say it's about 75% to 25%. So 75% on livestock, 25% specialty crops. Um, definitely was able to look at some of the applications myself and really know a lot of those farmers. And I just know that uh, they, they really needed this and had the rough year they had it. Again, hopefully the, the, those dollars just help pay a bill or two. This past week's humid and damp weather has elevated scab risk in small grains. NDSU Extension plant pathologist Andrew Friskop says scab risk is sitting at moderate to high. Uh, right now for scab risk for the state of North Dakota, um, I, I consider it moderate to high for susceptible and very susceptible varieties. And even if you have a moderately susceptible variety, you're still going to be in an elevated or moderate risk. And one question is how does this week's weather impact it? And I, I look at this disease from the past seven days and currently what's going to happen. And high humidity, rainfall, prolonged dews, those are three primary factors that can drive up scab risk. And if we look at the weather the past 10 days, uh, we've seen those weather conditions uh, occur quite frequently across some areas of the state and why we're seeing a pretty uh, elevated le levels of scab risk right now. Walford, North Dakota farmer Chris Brosart says they could use a shot of rain. You know, for the most part, things are, are pretty good. Uh, we'd like to see, um, you know, a half inch to an inch of rain. It's been kind of spotty. Uh, we Some areas caught some rain here last week. Um, part of our farm did and part didn't, but overall things uh, are starting to kind of dry out a little bit from, from the wet spring and, uh, you know, most most crops actually look pretty good right now with the heat and stuff or kind of turning, turning the corner and, and trying to catch up. Hard red winter wheat harvest has started this week in South Dakota. South Dakota Wheat Commission Executive Director Reed Christofferson says crop conditions vary across the state. We can talk about just about any location in South Dakota and kind of have a different narrative relative to the, the moisture level. Uh, we certainly do have some uh, persistent drought on the west side of the Missouri River in the very southeast corner of South Dakota. And uh, so we're seeing some very dry conditions. Uh, South Central had some uh, good, some timely rains that uh, helped that crop progress. They are getting a second cutting of alpha alfalfa right now. Um, things look strong. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Hello, Shane with Irie Insurance. We are proud to announce our Benefits Connect platform. You will have more options with Irie Insurance Benefits Connect. You have choices. Do you know who your group agent is? Do you meet annually to review benefits? Would you like to save money? Would you like more benefits? You have choices. We take a different approach to providing benefits through education, communication, and a personal touch. To find out more about Irie Insurance, go to irieinsurance.com. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thief River Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton. This is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA reports, farm policy, and trade issues. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it on the Red River Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more.